Have you ever dreamed of Doug? <laughs> of course. I, I'm just curious. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> more like nightmares than dreams, but heck, if it could fit in a book somewhere, you can make him a bad guy. Yeah, he's a marshmallow. He's so cute. <laughs> Welcome to the Two Authors Chat Show, an entertaining podcast with two best-selling authors connecting readers with an eclectic array of distinguished guests through lively conversation and interviews. Hosted by mystery suspense and thriller writers, Douglas Pratt and Nicholas Harvey. Welcome to the show, everyone. How are y'all doing today? Well, I'm good, for one, and we've mixed things up a little bit. So um, let us know what you think. We've uh, kind of uh, moved the format of the uh, show around a wee bit and uh, give us some feedback. Let us know. Please let us send us some messages. We like them. We need friends anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's grab a question. So we're going to start with our listener question today, which is, comes from uh, Rebecca Stovall. And I think you're going to like this one, Nick. This is a good one. But uh, do you think that if you had invisibility as a superpower, that you would be just clear or would like the light manipulate around you? How do you think that would work? That's an interesting question. So I've always wondered, if you're invisible, is it everything that touches you invisible? Like, are the clothes invisible? That's been done different ways, right, in the movies, because you see these clothes moving around sometimes, or you see the whole, like, in the the superheroes are all just completely see-through, including their tights that they're wearing, their fancy little stretchy tights. It feels like light shouldn't pass through you. So maybe you'd throw a shadow. So I think anything that touches you would be invisible, which would be interesting because if you got stabbed, there'd be a, like the handle of the knife would be visible, but the blade would disappear inside. Or if you drank a cup of coffee. Yeah, you, you see that? That's exactly. So if you drink a drink, it disappears, right? So it doesn't just go around and then you watch this bit of, well, the rest of your bodily fluids are missing. Well, but once they become part of you, like maybe there's like some DNA, like they can pull DNA from, from stuff. So wouldn't that be a part of you at that point? So maybe that's, that's part Don't of it. Don't start getting ridiculous. Just- I mean, we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the big thing is if it doesn't work, then basically everybody who's invisible is walking around naked. And, you know, that would be a whole different ballgame. Like, would you even know? Like, they're just hanging around there naked with their, you know, invisible stuff hanging out. There's some people I want to picture that way. Like, isn't Scarlett Johansson one of those superheroes? I'd like to think that she's naked when she's invisible. Although I don't think she's got invisible power. She does not have invisible power, but yeah. Well, I'm still picturing her naked. There's there's also some people that if they were naked, I'd like to picture them invisible too. So (laughs) like like myself. (laughs) I'd love to look in a mirror and not look at myself. That would be great. (laughs) Like if I walk around at the pool, I'm pretty sure people are like, I wish she was just invisible. (laughs) (laughs) Or actually, if I look in the mirror and don't see myself, then I'm a vampire, aren't I? Isn't that a vampire thing? Uh, well, yeah. That, oh, wow. That's true. So, but th- does that mean the light doesn't reflect off them? Can vampires get their picture taken? <laughs> so, can you see a cup of coffee if a naked, invisible vampire drinks it? Think on that, people. Think on that, people. Uh, that's some good thought. We, we <laughs> were very pro- thinking about that when we move. Everybody like this format sucks. Yeah, yeah. These idiots. (laughs) The problem with this format is it's still got these two idiots in it. All right. Well, let's let's introduce someone who's not an idiot. Our our guest this week is USA 
today. Best-selling author Gillian Dodd, who's a young adult and contemporary romance books have been topping the Amazon charts for nearly 10 years, and she's an absolutely lovely lady. So let's move on to the interview with Gillian. Hey, everyone. We want to welcome uh, Gillian Dodd with us today. How are you doing today, Gillian? I'm doing great. How are you? Happy to have you aboard with us. Yeah, this is probably the furthest out of our genre that we've uh, we've gone because uh, uh, you're in the uh, romance area, right? I am. I also have a spy uh, romance too, so I that's what I read actually for fun is romance or thrillers, not romance. I read thrillers and political thrillers and spy stuff. So cool. Well, you might like our books. <laughs> we write stuff like that. So that kind of just jump off. Like that's you read that, but you'd like to write romances. Is there a big jump you ever thought about like crossing that up a little bit? Uh, my Spy Girl series definitely does. I mean, it's a big save the world, female, young James Bond kind of thing. And it's probably the series that is my least read, but my most proud that I created it. Because um, it's just something I wanted to be a spy when I grew up. So it's kind of my, my dreams. <laughs> yeah. I write mostly teen romance, and I think I'm probably still 19 in my head. Aren't we all? So it's super easy. I also have a just blessed with an incredible memory. And I mean, like my high school friend called me one day and she's like, do you remember who this guy was that I dated and da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like babbled off his name in two seconds. She was like, you're right. And I was like, you dated him. How can you not remember his name? Oh my God. You, how's your husband feel about this? What a nightmare for the guy. You remember everything. <laughs> you know, yes, that's true. And he doesn't pay attention enough sometimes to remember a lot. So it just kind of floats through, but I talk a lot. He listens a lot. And when he says something, he <laughs> it. he's an introverted thinker. I'm very extroverted. I talk everything through. So it's an interesting combination. <laughs> but also, That's interesting. Yeah. And a Virgo, which are either a match made in heaven or a match made in hell. We've been together 35 years, almost 40 years now. So. Apparently it's, it's heaven. Like, oh, they yeah. must be doing okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's true. My wife and I are both Scorpios, which is the same thing. It's either going to be uh, absolutely electric or it's uh, terrible. And apparently, twenty three years says it's okay. My wife and I are both Scorpios too. So that's kind of crazy. I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that about you either, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Not to go off topic, but I research horoscopes for my characters. So it helps me develop their character profile when I'm doing that. And Scorpios are always the sexiest. Come on. Well, look at Doug. I mean, <laughs> he is. A horoscope, yeah. You open the encyclopedia to sexy Scorpio and there's Doug. It's, it's, it's generally my picture. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the case. Yeah. Tell us, Jillian, a little bit. Uh, we'll get back on track here. But like, So start us off with you, uh, you, your stay-at-home mom, is that right? And you just kind of decided to. Isn't that how it all started? Kind of. I had a career in, um, I did retail and buying and I was a, a buyer for stores and stuff. And then my husband's job progressed enough that I wanted to stay home with, I traveled a lot for that job and his job was where he was traveling. We couldn't both do it. So I stayed home while the kids were in grade school. And then we moved a lot with his job kind of throughout the Midwest. And then it just came to a point where I guess he took a buyout at one of the companies and then he moved to, te he moved to Texas, but the kids and I weren't ready to come. We had to sell the house. So about, we did that for like commuted six months. And so kids go to bed at like eight o'clock and I had nothing to do. 
So I had this series of dreams about the same characters and I was an avid reader. Like I wrote, read like a book a day and I wanted to know the rest of their story. Like I just got these snippets of their lives. So I dream a lot about other people. I just dreamt them and I wanted to know the rest of their stories. So that ended up being my first book. So the main question that comes out of that is, have you ever dreamed of Doug? <laughs> of course. I, I'm just curious. I, I, <laughs> more like nightmares than dreams, but heck, if it could fit in a book somewhere, you can make him a bad guy. Yeah, he's a marshmallow. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I love God. you, Jillian. You're fabulous. This is it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. So out of the gate, the first book you wrote, and it went huge. I mean, not like, Colleen Hoover huge, but for me, it was actually, it didn't go huge to start. I sold 36 copies in the first three months because I didn't tell a soul that I wrote it. Self-publishing was sort of a bad word back in 2011. And I had submitted it like everybody else a million times to publishers. And I'm not a big rule follower. So following each publisher's different rules for submitting it and writing a short version of this major book that I wrote just was very difficult for me. I'm still not very good at writing ad copy. But I could tell you the story in a thousand words, but not 200. I was super excited that I sold 36 books. And I asked myself, like, I wonder what would happen if I tried. And that really, that sentence is what's created this career. It's just kind of crazy. And how did you learn the indie business? Because back then, you're talking 2011 when that came out. There wasn't much resource in how to go about this, right? No. I mean, Joanna Penn was around. I'm pretty sure I listened to her. Actually, what got me to publish is my husband brought home a Wall Street Journal article that talked about, I believe it was Bella Andre and can't remember the other gal's name, but they had each sold like a million books. And I didn't realize it at the time. Like my first book came out at $9.99 for an ebook because I was buying and reading traditional books and they were 12 and 14.99 and I thought I'll be lower than that. I didn't realize that indies back then were like all 9.90, you know, 99 cents a lot of most of them on the, the hook you could get 10 books versus what you got for one traditionally published book. So I was stupid in that regard, but that I think that's really helped me in my career. Uh, people thought I was traditionally published even though I'm not and I've tried to kind of uphold that, you know, with really great covers, especially now. My, my first cover I drew by hand. <laughs> yeah, it did really well. It's just a doodle. Um, the second book, I doodled a cake and it had all sorts of like doodles inside, which was very difficult formatting. So yeah, it, it was just kind of different. I think the heart stood out. You know, back then, Amazon also bots were amazing and People just saw that and it, it helped. And then I got an Amazon promo. It's striking. Yeah. I mean, it's still probably my favorite cover. It's the, got the tattoo of it. <laughs> it's my brand logo, basically. So it's kind of gone into everything. So yeah, you do a lot of the, uh, like a young adult is kind of your theme. So how, switching between adult and young adult, how does that work with your mindset? Like, do you just like write along and go, oh, I kind of jumped above. PG-13, let me... <laughs> like his hand went a little too far down her blouse, so that's got to be an adult series now? Or? Oh, no. I, my characters have sex in the books because they're teens. Late teens. Teens have sex. Did you not know that, Dick? <laughs> well, just because I didn't. I didn't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot of different variety in the books, but yes. I mean, there's a lot of first kisses, first handholds, first times and everything that they do. So, but typically I don't write just a straight 
contemporary romance. I tend like that boy starts out in fourth grade and now we're on the next generation of kids. So they kind of become family sagas because like my Keaton Chronicles is strictly YA, but then we jumped up 10 years later to get other people's stories. Um, So it's, it's a little edgier and a little sexier um, because characters are grown up. But people just don't want to let the characters go. I think if I did anything right in my career, I I seem to write characters that people like. That's awesome. So how many different series do you have? There's seven. Are they all interrelated? Like, do they all have a character that is in one of the other series? Yes. As my catalog's grown, there has been crossover. So like we, Keaton Chronicles is one of my big series. It's got 13 books. We've just started the next generation at the same boarding school. So there's two books there. But the Keaton Chronicles has a character that crosses over with that boy. There's a hot quarterback in there and he ends up with an actress um, that was one of Keaton's friends. So yeah, they've all kind of, we actually just did, during COVID, we watched the, is it Marvel Comics or DC Comics? All the like Avengers and all those superhero stuff in chronological order instead of when they came out on screen and they made so much more sense. And so we created a list like that because I keep a huge timeline of all my characters ages and where they are in every book and every series kind of and how it crosses over. And so we did a chronological version and I actually read it to all the books that way. And it was, it was kind of fun. That's cool. Doug keeps notes like that he keeps timelines and notes and details like that <laughs> he's joking i'm more of I, i've been a i've been more of a panther for most of my but i've i've switched over and started plotting a lot more so i'm very much a pantser my daughter does a lot of edits for me and works with me in the brand and um we do some co-writing as where we write together work together and um it drives her nuts because she's like very plot oriented and i'm just like it's it's here it just needs to come out. And a lot of times, you know, she'll question me, especially when I'm writing the first book in the series, it's like a disaster. But then she's like, I don't understand why he did this. And then in book two, I got calling her. I'm like, I just wrote why he did it. She's like, you didn't tell me that. And I was like, why? Well, I, I didn't really know it until it came out. Gosh, I'm just thinking of all this timeline stuff that you have and these characters that are related through the different books. That's a lot to keep up with. Writing is pantsing. That doesn't mean that I'm not very organized. And and I, I'll get part way through and sign kind of go back and plot. Like I like I know that I'm right the series I'm writing now, I know the big cliffhangers for book four and five and six, but I'm writing book three. So I have to figure out how to get there. That's fair. I've I've written just around a scene before and like, I want to write a book because I got this great scene and so I, I worked I worked the whole story out to that point. So I, I can see that. Plus, you say you have a good memory. So you, if you can remember Victoria's second grade boyfriend, you can probably remember your characters, right? <laughs> you can remember a lot more than the two of us True. combined, that's for sure. Yeah. So you, you like to travel, yeah? I do. I love to travel. Yeah. So do you travel with the books in mind and the locations in mind? You know, not really so much. It's more the where I've traveled ends up in stories. Like when I wrote my spy book, there was only one place in that book that I hadn't been myself. And I still want to go there. Like I did Google and all that to look at it, but I still want to go there. It's Ronda, Spain. And my daughter lives in Scotland in Edinburgh. So, and we have grandbaby there. So we just got back. So uh, besides traveling, what else do you like to do? What is your, you know, 
when you're not writing, what's your favorite thing? I like to decorate. I love it, like interior design. It was kind of part, my design was my major in college. So we redo a lot of houses. We, we keep saying we're not going to, but we just bought a house in Texas last March. It was supposed to be like the forever house. And we spent a year redoing it. And then we're like, time to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was well, yeah, you you have you often have some social media posts with all, with some of the stuff I've, I've noticed especially around Christmas you're a house flipper I, I we're not supposed to be but we ended up <laughs> accidentally house flipping yeah um and then we just bought us kind of a smaller house actually on the same street as my son um who's expecting our second grandbaby here in November then we just Bought the house that we're redoing in back in Florida because we missed it a lot there. We love the weather. What's your grandparents' name? So mine was Pops. Like my granddaughter calls me Pops. So I don't have one. Um, it's been a big discussion actually. I'm fine with Grandma. Like I don't feel like I need a name, but I also, you know, I was just over there and we're like Mama, Papa, Dada, you know. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to be? Well, right now she's saying Ba 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 all the time. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it should be Baba. Baba. <laughs> don't you have uh, your um, following? Uh, isn't it the Dodd Squad? Yeah. Okay. Well, we we <laughs> we have Kirsten Moglin coming on the show in a few weeks, and she has the Mod Squad. So we need some kind of like face off with the Dodd Squad and the Mod Squad. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> Throw down Not on social media between no. the two. All right. Well, what do you have uh, coming up in the near future? What's next? What's coming out book wise? I have uh, Eastbrook Academy, which is the spinoff of the Keaton Chronicles Next Generation. We did a Kickstarter for that. So the second book Kickstarter version just shipped. And the next book comes out September 19th. And then the third book should come out hopefully before Christmas. Great. September 19th. So right before the NINC conference. So we can uh, uh, raise a toast to it uh, at the NINC conference. Yeah, with you. Right see you there. There. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Doug, what do you got? All right. So we also have, uh, we have one last question for you. We have to do something a little fun here. And uh, most of our listeners have heard it. But we have a, a wheel of questions for you. So let's see what our question of the day will be. What is your favorite word? What's my favorite word? Love. Oh, that's way too nice. That's way too nice. (laughs) Well, let's see. Nick, what would your favorite word be? Well, that's a good question, actually. uh, We came up with it, and I haven't even thought about what the answer would be to that. It would probably be a curse word of some sort. Probably one of those (laughs) British ones that nobody else knows. So, Bugger. Yeah, something like that. Bugger, yeah. I'm going to go with toast. Toast has always been my favorite word. Toast is a great word. Because it's it, toast is like, you know, it, first of all, it's not always toast. It, it could be you're giving a toast. You could be toasted. You could plug a toaster in the wall and buy a bag of bread and you have toast. So there was a great song from the like 90s some comedian did called Toast. And I, always I remember toast it. Toast is a cool word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that song. That's hilarious. Haywood Banks. Yeah, it was really it was a cheesy song. But yeah, it just so. said toast. Yeah, and toast. Then, <laughs> yeah. No, I have to go look that up. I've never heard of uh, it. I wouldn't bother. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The, na- the, name of, the name of the comedian was Haywood Banks. You can probably find it on uh, on YouTube. And then the song was Toast. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I yes. appreciate it. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Talk. And if uh, I don't run across you in the Dallas area when we're out that way, then we'll see you at Ning.
Oh, we want to thank Jillian Dodd so much for coming along. Um, she's just been very gracious to put up with us. I mean, here she is. <laughs> Her favorite word is love, and we come up with buggered toast. So. <laughs> she's way, way too nice to be <laughs> mixing with the likes of us. <laughs> buggered toast should probably be a menu item on like a Irish pub somewhere. Where we can- <laughs> If you take the true meaning of buggered, you do not want toast that's had anything to do with that. All right. Once again on this show, let's move on. So uh, what's been happening in, in your world, Doug? I was been, uh, I've been kind of quiet. We, uh, I just I spent the weekend down at, uh, at the coast at my boat, kind of doing some boat stuff because that's what you do. You're always fixing something. Spending money on your boat. That's what you were doing. How much sailing did you do? Well, I didn't do any because right now I'm trying to get my motor fixed so I can get out of the dock. Because that's it. Well, I'm a I'm a pretty decent sailor. I don't know if I can sail out of the dock very well. That kind of <laughs> comfort. There's a lot of there's a lot of very expensive boats that I would be slamming into on the way out. So, but my intention was to work on that. But of course, as soon as I get down there and it's 108 degrees um, in Gulfport, Mississippi, Ugh. last weekend, and I went to turn the air on and it didn't come on. My uh. wife was like, "We're not going to sleep." <laughs> It's a sauna, so uh, she's a, booking it, you I, into luckily, a hotel. I got <laughs> she's booking me. She's yeah. like, I'm going home, but yeah, no, <laughs> no we, I got it. I got it working. It worked out great. Then we ended up kind of driving over from there to Pensacola and checking out the uh, the water in Pensacola, Florida. It's only about a couple hour drive from us. The thing with the water in Gulfport, and Gulfport's a great city. Gulfport, Biloxi, the whole stretch. The water down there looks like chocolate milk. It's a little muddy. It's very muddy, so we were looking at. I wanted to kind of check out some places to go, uh, and eventually we want to take the boat kind of farther down the coast and, and see what the water looks like. And the water is quite clear in Pensacola, so that was kind of nice. So got to see some fish. How about you, sir? What you been doing? When this show goes out, we'll be back in the U.S., so we will have lost uh, left Bonaire. We've only got uh, about ten days um, uh, left here, so we'll we'll be seeing you. In yes. September at the Nink uh, Author Conference, which will be great, and our guest all uh, that we just had on will be there. Several of the guests we've had on will be there, so it'll be a quite a little uh, get together. I hope yeah. you're going to bring me a snow globe from Bonaire. A snow globe from Bonaire. I want to, or like maybe a little little bobblehead. Oh my God! Yeah. Now I've got to look for a Bonaire <laughs> bloody bobblehead. All right. Well, <laughs> so when, yeah, by the time this comes out, it'll be uh, September sometime and we have the Nick conference and then uh, have my dive event, the AJ Bailey adventure dive event in uh, Isla Mirada with Conk Republic divers. And that's on the 29th and 30th of uh, September. Still a couple of spots. Open, you I think, space? I think yeah. only a couple. Yeah. We're almost full. So if you're interested in diving the wrecks of Key Largo, with uh, myself and uh, more importantly with my wife who more people want to hang out there with than me no question about it uh, she is she's better off than, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's far more appealing than i am in every way it's the way people feel about my wife too so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got that in common quick shout out to uh, brian at tds bonaire who the uh, tech diving services who uh, did my tech diver course which i completed over the weekend so mega stuff so i got to dive on uh, on Trimix and uh, so uh, helium mixed gas. So yes, when I came up, we got to talk like Donald Duck for a little bit and uh, go down to uh, check out a wreck at 150 feet and do decompression dives. So I had to do decompression staging uh, uh, stuff. It was a pretty intense course. The the, the book work was intense, and then the uh, the physical stuff that we did for three days straight was quite. Uh, it was intense, but really cool, really cool. I enjoyed I enjoyed the heck out of it. And Brian's a 
superb teacher. So, so that was great. Yeah. So did, did Cheryl do it with you or just you? No, she looked at it and looked at the looked at the gear you have to carry. So you're diving with twin eighties on your back, and oh, a, I saw uh, the picture of you 40, with a, uh, yeah. yeah decompression bottle on the front. So basically, I think it's about 120 pounds of gear um, you're schlepping. So getting in and out of the waters a, a big old time. So she kind of looked at that side of it and went, "Yeah, that doesn't look appealing." And then I started looking into the bookwork and how intense the bookwork was. She's like, "Nah, not interested." <laughs> <laughs> see she's smart too sometimes. yeah she's way smart yeah she looked at it and just went nah like she i was i was trying to get her to do a dive master for years and uh she's she's a far better diver than i am she's brilliant she's amazing she barely uses air she's incredible underwater and um amazing buoyancy and um she's she's brilliant but i'm like do your dive master it'd be great she goes why I'm not going to teach people to dive. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to guide dives. Why do I do it? I go, well, it's kind of a challenge and you learn new stuff and everything. She's like, nah, looks like a lot of hard work and I have to pay someone to do it. I'm, she's like, screw that. <laughs> yeah, you're smarter than me. Yeah, you're smarter than me. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, please remember to subscribe to the show. It helps us along the way. Give us some likes. Can share it on social media, that kind of thing. But also uh, check out our show notes. We'll make sure we uh, track down some information about Jillian, but then some important stuff like, you know, whether where the word bugger comes from and toast. So we can find out. <laughs> I don't think we'll put that in the show notes, but maybe we'll put a link to the uh, to, to that stupid song, Toast. <laughs> there you go. That's fine. If you can find that song, it would be great. So maybe Haywood Banks is listening. I doubt it. I don't even know if he's alive. So, <laughs> but thank you guys so much for, uh, for joining us, though. Make sure to uh, buy our books. It helps support us. So, Look for new episodes every two weeks. And until then, be cool to each other. Fair winds and following seas. You've been listening to the Two Authors Chat Show with Nicholas Harvey and Douglas Pratt. <laughs> <laughs>